Real JP Multimedia, proud sponsor of the Nerdball Podcast. Here to help you with all things audio, video, graphics, photo, web design. From weddings to real estate, commercial business to private use, we offer a big variety of services for almost any budget. And if we can't do it, we will find someone who can. Find us at realjp.com. That's R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Real JP Multimedia. My name is Kevin English, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. The Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Awesome. All right, Kevin, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. You bet. My pleasure. Um, it's, it stresses me out to no end to call you Kevin. It's weird to me. Uh, and I don't think it's... I, I think uh, maybe it's because people don't do that to me. Kids kids I've coached, I've only been their coach. So any, any kid I've coached in the past 10 years, they just say, hey, Coach Melcher or Coach. And it, mm-hmm. it's whatever. And, and maybe you've had kids do that too, because you coach track. Um, but I, I, it, I had a discussion with Scott Buecher when he started working with Perrysburg. I go, how can you, it's, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Because <laughs> to go from teacher to colleague and seemingly such a, or, or yeah, teacher of, of his to colleague and, and such a small amount of time, it seems like to like shift over. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird process. It, it is. It's funny. We've, we've hired, Scott's one of them, of course. We've hired a handful of people over the years that were students. And um, for them, it's always difficult for them to make that transition. I always felt bad for Scott because it might have been his first or second year. You know, I had been his teacher and one of his coaches. And then we went to a coach's clinic in Columbus one time and shared a hotel room and we're in the school van together for a while. And I just felt bad for the kid. Like he probably feels pretty awkward right now. Like, this guy was my teacher. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I mean, I'm sure just like just like anyone else, I, I know you pretty good. I mean, you don't make it awkward. I'm sure there's. I'm sure somewhere in a history of teaching that happened, and so I was like, no, you're forever going to call me Mister Whatever. Right, right. <laughs> um, the, the first thing I have people do uh, is tell me something that you've been really nerding out about lately. Uh, it could be a TV show. It could be some, some hobby you you picked up, uh, something you've been doing for decades, just something that isn't related to your job, something that you kind of do to get away from, get away from just being a teacher and, and, and all the stuff you're involved in. What's something that you just like to do? Sure. I, I think, you know, in any spare time I have, um, well, one, I enjoy watching baseball. Mm-hmm. So if I'm watching the Indians or guardians, whatever you want to call them, um, or my, my youngest son plays for Baldwin Wallace, uh, we go to you know, a lot of their games when we can. So watching baseball is always a favorite thing for sure for me. Um, but another thing too, for me personally, um, would be hiking, uh, just okay. going out to Oak openings or someplace like that. Um, mommy Bay, you name it, any of these places and just uh, going for a hike and, you know, checking out the wildlife and sure. getting away from things for a little bit. So has baseball been a huge part of your life since you were a little kid? Yeah, it really has. It's it's a game that I did play when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Always enjoyed watching. Um, although when I was in high school, I ran track instead of playing baseball. Uh, but both my boys growing up played it for years. And it's just always been a passion. I think it's 
something about the the springtime, the season of hope, and uh, a good summer memory, and all those sorts of things. It just kind of helped bond us, um, you know, with my own family, uh, my parents, and so on. It's just something that's always kind of brought us together, and something we could talk about. And um, and being from Cleveland originally, um, something we can cry about too. <laughs> well, I was going to say when you said a season of hope, I go, that's what it always is, hope. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the favorite motto of maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> i tried to i tried to uh mateo my son likes to to watch baseball he, he plays baseball now and what i'm finding is whatever sport whatever sport he's in for that season is what he's into which i really enjoy i, I like that okay i like the all these sports but i'm my focus is on this because that's what i'm doing right now and a few years ago he bought he was so excited he they have little book fairs at their elementary schools and he bought a poster a little mini poster and before he even before he even bought it, there was already two guys that weren't on the team anymore, but I didn't tell him. And then with it, yeah, and then within two years, nobody was on the poster anymore. <laughs> but it's still hanging in his room, you know. He's he still likes it. Yeah, yeah, those don't last long. Anything with a name on it doesn't last long, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, we as much as I think he has a, a Lindor jersey because that's you know, again, you hope they're 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 gonna sign these guys and you know, mm-hmm. uh, so he has one. Um, it's, I mean, I don't, he doesn't wear it very often anyway, but, uh, but I was just glad to see that they signed Jose Ramirez. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. the first thing my youngest son said is like, well, now we can buy one of his jerseys. Cause I know that one's going to last for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been a total, uh, first of all, um, for him to, to want to sign it too, you know, cause there was a, a time at the beginning of the season where it looked like, well, things aren't going to get done until the off season again. Uh, but he signed it. So it it's obviously it's a two way street. The team has to want to and the player has to want to also. Uh, but but to also be off to a super hot start, it would have been the the total Cleveland thing for him to sign his contract and then just go in a dumpster. Right. <laughs> That's usually how it is. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, do you do you have the same feeling? Because uh, they've been they went to the World Series in 16 uh, and then in the 90s twice. Uh, do you have when they lose it or when they did lose it? Do you remember like just having the same feeling or as you got older? Uh, I guess you can compare the, the 90s to the 16. Like, did it did it not hurt as bad? I think the 2016 one hurt the worst. Um, 95, I think everyone was just happy to be there. Mm. And and I for my me personally, I just. They, they got there. It's the first time I've ever seen this in my lifetime. I'm happy. 97, I remember being in the living room of my very first house that we owned. And it was like, this is going to sound so weird, but probably the first time my wife saw me cry. Oh, because wow, it was yeah. so close. Oh, and I God. didn't like ball or, sure, sure. or whatever, but yeah. still I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had, never cheered for a team that's ever won a championship. And they were so close in 97. And then 2016 i've got both my boys with me Uh, they're old enough to appreciate it i've got the speaker system set up in the living room we're listening to tom hamilton on the radio while we're watching the game and it's all synchronized and everything and and we're going nuts and rajay davis hits that home run we're just jumping around the house and running everywhere and thinking oh this is great and then the rain delay I, I didn't cry, but I'm not going to lie. It took a while to get over that one. That one hurt. <laughs> Had yeah. that 3-1 lead and just kind of let that sink away. <laughs> yeah, that that was 
um, it was awful. And, and I think I've said it on here before as awful as it was, um, I'll forever be grateful for that postseason because that's when uh, Mateo really got into baseball because we watched a lot of postseason baseball. He'd stay up a little bit later than his sister to watch, catch some of the beginning of the games. Uh, he, I knew he was into it because he would start. He started asking questions about, well, uh, oh, if they do, if they hit a foul, they get to try it again, or you know, like what happens when they do this? Like he was, he was involved a little bit, and even that, I think he was only. It's 2006. Yeah, he was only five. So, so like to be like, or I had just turned six, to, I think, to be like into it. And it, like I said, as much as it sucked to like feel it not happen, uh, one good thing for me, you know, it came out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's such a great thing. I mean, I, we still, like I said, in our family bond over baseball all the time. And, and those memories of that World Series and that playoff run. Um, all the different things that happened with yeah. you know Trevor Bauer or um, I'm trying to remember Merritt, I think might have been the other pitcher that yeah. came out, it, out of nowhere. Yep. And just kind of, you know, it's it's just neat to see a, a team like that rise above the expectations and do so well and and bring the fan base together, bring your families together. And and that's what it's all about. Uh, and that's what I love so much. And that's why I get so, this sounds corny, but so romantic about movies like Feel the Dreams or when they played that game last year in Iowa, all those sorts of things. It's just so cool. The game is so cool. Uh, the connections you make with people with it are so cool. Um, and then you learn so many life lessons with it too. Um, both my boys can tell you all the, all the failure in that game and in that sport uh, really teaches you a lot of life lessons for sure. Yeah, I've had several kids the past few years where I coached them, younger kids, uh, baseball, and uh, and and every every play that doesn't go their way or they make a bad throw or whatever, they get down. I go, I go, hey, the best hitters, you know, it's everyone always hear it, hears it. The best hitters hit the ball thirty percent of the time, guys. It's not a sport where you're going to be perfect at, and you better learn that quick. Otherwise, this ain't it's ain't it's not for you. Cause it, it's, right. you're not, you're going to get in your head way too much and it's, and no one's going to, no one's going to like it. Your parents are going to like watching you, you know, you're going to not want to play. So, so we got to figure this out. Let's, let's not be so worried about every little problem. Plus you're nine. So let's relax. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you talked about, also talked about hiking and Oak openings. Um, have you, have you visited a lot of the other Metro parks too? Yeah, um, I taught an ecology class at the high school for a while, and, and we get out to a bunch of different parks, and I don't teach that class anymore, but yeah, that's always been a passion to get around here, and then even around the Cleveland area, okay. uh, to visit a lot of the parks in both those areas. Yeah, we, uh, so I, I work for the Metro Parks, and we had just had a board meeting, and uh, and I was at, I was there with one of our natural resources, the head, head of natural resources, and they are, because we do prescribed burns. I'm sure you've seen that before at Oak Openings, and or you, you're aware that we do that. Actually, we did some at Perrysburg, I noticed, too. Uh, I noticed it because parents were in uproar about it. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I tried to help, tried to explain why people, why they do it. But uh, the Metro Parks is doing it, and they're also introducing grazing this year because, you know, for forever ago, wild, wild fires happened, then animals would come and eat the fresh greens and then create patches for ground nesting birds. And so we're, we're trying to do that, replicate that. So we're bringing in cows to, after the prescribed burn, come in and uh, graze on pastures. And, and we're going to give it a year 
and they're pretty, they're anticipating good results. Um, but I thought it was a cool thing that that uh, a thing that people don't really see. People see grazing animals, sure, but they're usually you know farmers are feeding them. But this is like out in oak openings, people can walk by and see these cows grazing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're so innovative with everything they do out there. Um, I just, I really respect what the Metro parks do around here locally. It's such a great park system and I've gotten to know a lot of the naturalists over the years. And, um, we were, we were fortunate to be out there one time, uh, sometimes right after a burn, but one mm -hmm. of the days we were there was while one was going on. Oh. And it's just one of those things, you know, I planned the field trip, you know, a couple months or so in sure. advance and it just happened by chance that they were doing that. And it's such a cool thing for our students to experience. And like you said, learn why they do it and what, what are the good reasons for doing that um so just the education that comes out of it is pretty cool i just need to watch and, and see uh the effects and then how quickly everything just rebounds yes. too yeah that's yeah, amazing that's a, that's what you know those parents are all worried about i think one parent made a comment about you know all the animals and stuff that live there and i, I think i said like well i I don't know about animals, but if something, if I was standing somewhere and it was on fire, I'd probably run away. So I, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Definitely a natural part of the ecosystem. They're, they know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you've, you've been involved in, in a bunch of stuff in, in Perrysburg. And uh, I think the first time I met you was probably in track because I, I did track as a freshman and then you, I had you for biology class my sophomore year. Um, but how long have you been teaching at Perrysburg now? Um, good memory. And by the way, I think you were in my classroom when I first learned about 9-11. I think you and I were talking about it by the TV in my room. Um, I think I was trying to like, oh, yes. yeah. put a paper clip in the antenna because we didn't even have cable TV at the time. Mm -hmm. I was trying to pick up a TV station to see what was going on. But mm -hmm. um, but I, um, I've been there. This is my 27th year at, okay. all at Perrysburg High School. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was just going to ask you that, too. So you... You grew up in Cleveland. And how'd you find your way here then? Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Westlake High School in Cleveland mm -hmm. and grew up in the Westlake community. Uh, so a little bit west of downtown Cleveland. I went to Bowling Green and kind of thought about majoring in business. Education was something kind of on the back of my mind at the time, but I started in business and quickly, I think it was after a semester, decided uh, business isn't really for me. <laughs> and so I switched over to biology education and, and finished up doing that. Um, so I graduated from there. And then I just, uh, well, my senior year at, at BG, I had a lot of education experience on my resume already. I was trying to find something biology related if I could, just to mix up my resume a little bit, make it look better uh, for employers. So I went to the Toledo Zoo and try to see if I could do anything with the animals or get some kind of experience like that. And they said, basically, you could volunteer, but you have to be a zookeeper to work with the animals. I said, okay, but, but they said, you could work in park operations or whatever. I said, well, I'm staying for the summer. I need a job. So sure. So I, I stayed on and worked and I volunteered with the animals, met some of the keepers and things like that. Well, I also met a girl. And so we were working at the zoo together. It turns out she went to Bowling Green as well. I'd never met her on campus. And um, yeah, I guess the, as the story goes on, we eventually got married and her family's from Toledo. So okay. I looked for teaching jobs when I graduated. I graduated a semester before she did. So I looked between the Toledo area, the Cleveland area, and the Columbus area, but just because Columbus was growing and sure. lots of opportunities there. 
And we just kind of decided the first place that opens up, that's where we're going to go. And sure enough, um, after a handful of interviews, Perrysburg called and we stayed here. And that made her very happy because she really didn't want to leave her family and leave the Toledo <laughs> area. So, so here I am. 20, uh, oh, yeah. 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 20 some years later. <laughs> uh, what got you interested in in science to begin with? Because I know for me, uh, science science was never my thing. I uh, I like biology; it was cool because um, there's some hands-on stuff. But as soon as I got to doing like, I got to do like equations and formulas and stuff. I got to bring math into science. I, I was out. I wasn't good at math either. Um, I probably could have been better if I applied myself a little bit <laughs> a little bit better. But I was not a good student. And I tell kids now that I coach, like, hey, I I acknowledge I was not a good student. Here's what my issue was, and I see the same problem in you. So I'm trying to help you learn from me. You know, I'm sure you deal with that quite a bit and they probably don't always listen to you because you're an old adult who, who cares. Right. Right. You just have to relay that through another student to tell them and then yeah. they'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> you never but, but listen yeah. To yeah. Or mom and dad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what got you interested in, in science to begin with? Um, I, you know, it started really with some of the teachers and, and, you know, maybe like you, some of the teachers I had in high school that really um, made me enjoy the class um, as we, you've probably heard through education, a lot of times it's not necessarily what you learn, but the relationships you've built mm -hmm. and, and the people you got to know, and that's what you remember. I just always had really good relationships with my biology teachers, and I always really enjoyed the class. Um, I wasn't necessarily the best biology student in high school and or math student either, but those are things I, I worked on over the years. And even when I started teaching, I wasn't... Um, you know, the strongest, but I'll tell you, once you start teaching something, uh, that's when you know you really know it or not. And so over the years of, of learning more content, getting better at it, practicing, you know, you, you get better at it over the years. So now I do a lot of, a lot of math and our science and things like that um, and kind of started some new classes and now to JP Bio, which is for college credit and things like that. So I've grown a lot as a teacher for sure. Um, a lot of professional development that I've gone to and all that. But it all started really just two things. One, kind of combining my passions. I just really enjoyed biology and liked it. But I'm also a life science certified teacher. Like I can't teach chemistry or physics or anything. Okay. Um, I didn't want to. Yeah. And I didn't want to get stuck teaching things I wasn't comfortable with or I didn't feel I was good at. And so I did kind of narrow um, my range as far as when employers were looking at me. But it worked out. And, and I've been teaching biology all these years and um, it's just, it's worked out. And then the other part of it was just working with people. I was a people person. Mm -hmm. I needed to interact with, um, and just really wanted to help students. Uh, I had a lot of teachers that really kind of looked after me when I was growing up and, and took good care of me. And I uh, just wanted to kind of pay it forward, I guess, and, and help other students. So for me, it's just kind of a love of biology and a love of working with people and helping people that I was able to kind of combine both things and and do that and you know it's not often that I call the job work yeah. I say I'm going to school I'm not going to work I'm going to school because you know when you really love what you do it's it's not always work sure sure I I try to tell I try to tell kids that all the time like try to try to find something you love to do uh and then and then you can figure out finances after that like there you'll find a way to to live off what they're of what they're paying you um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's a hard lesson to learn, especially especially when all you want is 
the things like I want all these things, you know, and, and this job can, I can get those things. I'm going to feel miserable, but maybe I'll feel better when I have this cool TV or a nice car or whatever. Right. <laughs> As you progress, uh, you, you get a first, your first teaching job and you're teaching, um, X, Y, and Z classes as you progress and and you're there longer and longer. uh, Do you get to, I don't know if like pick the classes as far as like, I want to teach biology specific or now you're saying AP biology, but, but do you get to, to, I get, I don't know, suggest like, I want to do these things. Yeah, I've been fortunate. Um, When I first got hired in, I was teaching regular bio and then microbiology. So I came in already teaching an upper level class and that was fortunate. And the reason that happened was it was offered to everybody else in the department after that teacher had left, the teacher I replaced and nobody wanted it. Mm. So that was the opening. So, you know, I was lucky to do that, but then I did start an ecology class and then I started the AP biology class. And it was really just my, my desire initially. I mean, the ecology, I just felt like there was nowhere in our science curriculum that students were really learning about the environment. It just wasn't part of any science curriculum in any of the classes we taught. And I just felt that was super important. When you talk about climate change and all these big things going on out there in the world that we needed to, to bring that here and start that. Um, so I pitched the idea. And really when we opened, I'll say the new building, but it's 20 <laughs> years old now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we had more space, more classrooms, and we were able to kind of expand our offerings a little bit. So that worked out. And then I advocated after a while um, to teach AP Bio because um, the, the, our students at the time were taking, like our honors bio students would take it as a freshman and then maybe take micro or anatomy or something, but they wouldn't really see all the biology concepts again until college. And I felt like from freshman year of high school to maybe freshman year of college was too long of a gap. They needed to see more and then have that desire to maybe earn some college credit. So I was fortunate that finally the department and the department chair that we had at the time um, said, okay, if you're willing to, to do the work, let's, let's get this class approved. And so I, I've been fortunate between the administration and other science teachers um, to support the initiatives or the things that I wanted to do, uh, which were all for the betterment of the students and providing them better opportunities to be successful at the next level. Um, or just be better students. I mean, like I said, the ecology class was really more geared toward just knowing about nature yeah. and, and taking care of it. Um, and that's so important. You know? So yeah, I was, I've been fortunate to have people support, support my dreams and goals. And, um, and we eventually built the wetlands area on the campus. And that's been a great resource to use over the years. So um, it's, it's worked out well, but it's, it's a school district that really enjoys um, helping these dreams come true. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's important too, where any employer where they, they want you to do what you want to do, right. They, they, they want you, you want to do that thing and you run with it, go do it, help everybody. Because not only does that make you feel better and you want to do more and be really involved in this thing, but then other people notice like, Ooh, they, they, they wanted him or, or they, they wanted him to, to succeed in this thing. So they let him do it. They wanted Kevin to do this thing, you know? And, and uh they at my work too it's the same way like i want to do these things and they're like yes you know let's do these things as long as you're doing your job your your what you're here for will help you do these other things because it's going to make us better too and i think that's such an important thing to look for uh in an employer when you're when you're looking for a job and sometimes you don't know um 
like you maybe you didn't know that Perrysburg was gonna do that adventure you probably didn't even know hey I want to do the do these classes you know but eventually it got there and you're like oh yeah this is awesome they're letting me do these yeah it took time yeah you're right as a first year teacher those are things I didn't even think about mm-hmm. um so it, but it, it did eventually develop over time and, and worked out really well but yeah as a, as a rookie um yeah I didn't quite have that vision just yet but sure. uh but it did come along over time and, and it's really worked out well. Yeah. Is there a diff- or what is the difference between an AP class and a regular class? Um, so AP stands for advanced placement and mm-hmm. it's, it's a national curriculum that is offered through the college board. Okay. And so technically you're supposed to follow that curriculum. And then at the end of the year, they take a test and whether, depending on how they do on that test, they can earn college credit. Uh, it's a one through five scale. Ones and twos will not earn you any college credit, but threes, fours, and fives will. Um, so it's a pretty well vetted and, and researched curriculum to do, uh, to follow throughout the course of the year, and has a, a pretty well established exam at the end. Uh, but if it was an honors class or a regular class or something at the high school, um, or even a CCP class, that's that's another option that's out there these days. But if it's a regular honors class, there's the incentive of um, having that test and maybe earning college credit isn't always there. Mm-hmm. And then the GPA is different. But I would say this, though, mostly it's the workload and the intensity of the class and the depth of understanding on the topics. Um, so if I teach um, honors bio and I teach AP bio, kind of the difference is AP bio is going to go uh, into the, all the content deeper, uh, deeper meaning, deeper understanding and and have a tougher test in the end uh, as a result so uh, just a lot more work it's a lot harder um but then ccp classes are kind of equivalent as far as the workload goes but those are guaranteed college credit if you stay in ohio uh, oh okay get the college credit by completing the class but those classes the teacher needs to be affiliated with the university so we've got a really 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 good physics teacher at the high school um, and, and he's done a phenomenal job over there. So he teaches CCP physics and those students are linked to BGSU. Okay. So they go on to his, their, their grading scale and earn college credit. So if they decide to go to an Ohio university, that physics grade that they got will go, go with them, mm-hmm. uh, guaranteed. Whereas an AP it's hinges on the test. So if you do well on the test, you get the credit. If you don't, you don't, there's a little bit of a gamble to it. Yeah. I would say that. <laughs> That seems, uh, well, I, I guess if students are in those AP classes, I mean, they want to be in there. It's not like, hey, I, I got to pick a class. I'm going to close my eyes and pick this class, right? So I would imagine the the gamble they're taking is, um, it's not a sure bet, but it's a close thing. I would. It is, yeah. <clears throat> and a lot of the classes, at least I can speak of my own data, you know, if I have 70 people take the uh, AP exam, I'll have maybe 64 out of 70, mm. uh, get a three, four or five. Okay. Yeah. And so just a handful of kids might get a two. And, and even out of those handful, sometimes um, truthfully, it's a senior that maybe by the time they took the exam in the middle of May, their senior year, they're just kind of burned out <laughs> and, and didn't put forth their best effort. Sure. So yeah, by and large, they're typically students that are going to do really well. The yeah. odds are definitely in their favor to, to get some college credit and mm. take that with them wherever they go. Uh, so besides teaching science, the other two things that I remember you for is uh, coaching track and 
um, being in charge of student council. Um, track, track. Uh, my my favorite thing about track for me is because we were always throwers were always just in their own space all the time. We were with H wherever we were around any any particular school. Uh, but my, one of my favorite things is when I would come to you guys after I got done, and you, it, I felt like you guys were like all my dads, and I would just be like, "This is what I got." And you guys are like, oh, awesome. Good job. You know, cheer or whatever, you know, but it was cool because uh, I got the immediate like attaboy from H there. And then I got to like have that feeling again from a bunch of other guys in the stands, sitting in the corner of the stands. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. it. It was fun. And I'm so glad, like as much as I loved baseball, I was in a tryout for baseball. Uh, I moved to Persia when I was a freshman. Uh, Mr. Keel and Mr. Falkenstein were my football coaches. And Mr. Keel asked, like, do you play baseball? I said, yeah, I'm going to try out. He goes, well, if you don't make the team, um, I think you should try track and field. And I've never, my, I went to a little tiny grade school called Our Lady of Lords in, in uh, Toledo. And I didn't even know what track and field was. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to try out for baseball. I'm just going to, I'll just do whatever this shot, this thing is. And I'm so glad I did it because of all the things I did in high school, that was my favorite, my favorite thing was track. That's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I loved about coaching it. And I, and I, like I said, I ran track in high school as well. And it's just one of those sports where no matter how good or bad you might be at whatever events you are doing. And if we're honest, there are people that are kind of all over mm -hmm. the radar with track there. There's some really, really talented runners and throwers and, and field event people. And then some that are out there to, that maybe they're not the best, but they're trying their best. And yeah, that's and what the, that, that's what junior high track is. I coached that for a while. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always such a supportive environment, and mm. that's what I'm glad you had that experience and have that memory from it because that was always really, really important to us is to kind of create that experience for you. Um, just like we were talking about employers here a minute ago, just to be supported and feel like you were cared for and and encouraged to continue to do your best and try your best and work hard at it. And um, we made a lot, there were a lot of great memories. Those are yeah. with, with the athletes, with the coaches. Um, so whether it was, you know, between you and me or some of the people I coached in the middle distance races and things, but even the relationships with the coaches and the friendships we've made for, for decades now, it's, it's had a profound impact on my life for sure. I can't imagine because now I've been coaching I've been coaching with the varsity. This will be my fourth season, but just coaching um, sports in general for a long time. And, and you're right. The relationship you build with those coaches. And I always think now like, man, our, what, what were our coaches like when they were just together, you know, when we were in high school and, I, and like, I, cause I pick, like, I have so much fun and, and I coached track at Rossford junior high. And, you know, every Monday when we had a, if we had a home meet, we'd go out and get, fajitas from Chili's every Monday and just you know like we had all these things and we had you know the the and it happens quick like relationships with coaches happens real quick um, because you all have that one goal is like hey we're making these kids we're trying to make these kids better we're trying to have them succeed and all this stuff so you have that goal but but it just like you said it was so much fun to like just be a part of that group like just a coaching group yeah no doubt our, our group I know back in the who was coaching track we just enjoyed each other, had a lot of laughs. I mean, those are some of my best memories. Mm -hmm. And then even just doing like more relaxing things. Like I, you know, when, when coach Hen just passed away recently, the thing that kind of came back to me a little bit was we would usually all get together, whatever was going on at the beginning of the Napoleon invitational or something. And it could be 8am in the morning. And we just said, you know what, 
let's grab something to drink or whatever. Let's walk the track. And all the oh, coaches yeah. just walked the track for three, four five laps around the track and just talked and picked on each other and whatever. Yeah. And then after we kind of did that and all that, when we went our separate ways and started coaching our kids and all that, but it's just neat. All those different memories, you know, with the athletes, but also with each other and all the laughs we had, we'd be up in those stands, just kind of hooting and hollering all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it <be> a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, uh, I have such a funny memory from student council because in my four years, not once did I run for anything ever. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I, I didn't really care. I wasn't involved. And then for whatever reason, senior year, um, the senior student council met in Miss Miss Schneider's class. Okay. And I would just go there in the morning just because my friends were there and I'd, I'd go into class on the days they had meetings before school and I'd sit and hang out. I'd talk. Uh, and then after a while, they started counting my vote on stuff and I wasn't even involved. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Louie was our president and he uh, he was in there and, and I would be involved. And then eventually I'd go to your room um also when you would have bigger meetings and i'd be there too and then louis was like do you just want to be in you're here all the time do you just want to be in student council i'm like all right i'll be a representative so it's i never did anything but it was so much fun just to be like slowly integrate my way into the student council without having to do anything <laughs> student council wannabe right <laughs> yeah yeah and then finally all my all my uh it wasn't even hard work i would say all my hard work paid off but there wasn't i just sat there and <laughs> It's where all your people were, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was fun, and and I, I, you know, it made me think like, man, I, I probably would have had fun if I did this four years. You know, all four years would have been a good time because because I had fun that that little. It wasn't even a full year, the little half a year that I did it. But <laughs> but you've been involved in that uh, for a long time, right? And you had just you just now this year stepped down. Yeah, at the end of this year, um, yeah, it's been. I guess about 20, 23 years maybe for student council, but then wow. I started Pride a couple of years before that. And I was also advisor of what was called interclub council, which was a leadership training thing um, my first year. So really it's been the full 27 years in reality of advising things like this, but most of it's student council for sure. Um, and this year, yeah, I announced um, a few weeks back that this was going to be it for me. Um, I love it. Absolutely love student council. The kids I get to work with, are, again, the relationships, the memories, the events. It's What's cool about student council is you try to do everything you can to build a positive school climate. Mm -hmm. And all the events you do, um, you're just trying to make school more enjoyable for everybody to be there, encourage involvement and all that. And, um, and, and that's what's just been so much fun about that is I feel like our students have really taken that role seriously and have done a phenomenal job. And, and with that, even with pride and some of the other clubs and organizations in the building, just building the school climate that makes Perrysburg high school a school that everyone else wants to go to, mm -hmm. you know, when you look around the NLL or around the state, the school culture that we have, our school spirit, everything that goes on there. Um, that so many other students you hear, you maybe hear it through football, athletes saying in the middle of a football game wow i'd love to play in front of that student section yeah um and those sorts of things and, and that's all the hard work and dedication of those students over the years each year with student council we tried to build something new mm -hmm. and then one of the big things that we're about to do it's this friday it's coming back again as frosh fest oh yeah and that to me is the event that really sets the tone we joked earlier about 
how kids don't always listen to mom and dad or teachers. This whole day of Frostfest is built with the students telling the students, this is what we expect when you come here. Mm -hmm. And it's all about getting involved. We're going to have over 40 clubs represented there that they can join plus sports and, and theater and all these different things that they can do. How could you not want to go to Perrysburg High School? And that's the message that students are going to send is nobody just goes to school 830 to 230. We all get involved. We all do something extra. And that's the norm here. So get ready for that. Your next four years are going to be awesome. And so to have students say that message all day long to these kids sets the tone and, and really helps um, increase involvement in the building. When I was a freshman football coach, I went to one of those. Uh, I've never been to one. And it is so cool, like uh, almost too aggressively that some of these seniors and, and or, uh, juniors and, and sophomores are like, come do this club or check this out or whatever. A uh, one that comes to mind that's he was so positive about it was Miller uh, with his rowing club. Like, but yes, he's yes. he but and like sometimes I would look at him like, well, all right, man, you're going to like drive him off here. Like, I, I know you're excited about it, but, you know, but but to see all the clubs like that. You know, like, oh, come try this out. Oh, check this out. Oh, we got this free sample of this thing we do. Look at our robots we build, you know, all these things. And it, it just, it, it does, like you said, it, it makes you excited to come to Perrysburg. And then hopefully these freshmen find something that maybe they didn't even think they would be into. Yeah, there, there's got to be a niche somewhere for mm -hmm. everybody. And the other side of that too, not only just attracting those new freshmen and defining their niche and everything, but even just the current high school students too, mm. you know, we always make a video that kind of shows all the traditions of the high school and, you know, watching us win the bell or beat mommy in basketball and, you know, all the dances, all the things that go on in the course of a year, even the current high school students just get pumped up again too. Yeah. And, and that excitement, you know, carries off to those eighth graders and, and all that. So that helps as well, but yeah, they really get into it. And they, I'm so impressed over the years too. And we look at all these carousel tables, how well they are designed now mm -hmm. you know i just had an email yesterday saying can we bring our rowing machine in this was still the rowing team <laughs> going back to miller and miller's graduated but his legacy lives on <laughs> so they want to bring the rowing machine in and i know people have brought in boats before and all kinds of things and it's just amazing how over the top some of these clubs and organizations go but that's what makes it great and so much yeah. fun and so enticing and again as your kid you know you the whole trick is you want to feel wanted. That's mm -hmm. how you recruit these kids. You make them feel wanted and they do a great job with that. These kids are like St. John's who I don't want to go yeah. there. They want me at Perrysburg. Yeah. So that's, that's always great. That's my, that's my favorite part of coaching is if, if someone, if some college team ever said, Hey, we want you to recruit kids. You don't have to know anything about football. Just get these kids here. And I love, well, I love talking to people, but just recruiting kids and, and talking to them and, you know, going to, I'll, I'll drag my family along to a eighth grade or seventh grade basketball game and talk to kids after the game. And, you know, just, I, I like being able to connect with students. And there, there was a small little bit of me that when I was at, cause I, I used to work at UT. I'm like, you know what? I could use this. I could go to school. And I just, I never had time. And but I was like, I should, I should go back to school to be a teacher. I love doing all these things. I'm already involved in yeah. all this stuff. And I, was, and I, I just, I would love it, but I just, I never did it. And now I get to do, I still doing things that I want to do and I'm still able to coach and do things at, at the Metro parks that I enjoy doing. But mm -hmm. uh, the part of just being able to, to, to talk to these kids all the time and, and try to, 
uh, guide them as much as you can or, or encourage them to do these things or, or whatever. It just seems like, for me, it seems like an important thing that I should try to do. Yeah, it's so rewarding, but it's also so important in our society. I, I just think it's one of these jobs, like you said earlier, you know, the pay is great and everything, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's one of the most important jobs in society. It's coaching, teaching, all of it. Anytime you can help guide our youth, and help them make good positive decisions and help them reach their dreams. It's such an important job and, and we need to continue to do a great job all across this country, educating our youth because it's hard to find anything that's more important than that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good sign too, specifically for Perrysburg that we get uh, seemingly so many Perrysburg graduates that come back to, to teach in a district. If, I mean, if they didn't like it here, they wouldn't come back here. Right. Yeah. Right. A, a lot of times it's uh uh, maybe maybe frowned upon to still be living in your hometown or something like that but <laughs> sure. now this is a great place to be that's for sure and you know I am I am a transplant if you will I didn't grow up here but I love it and this mm -hmm. is such a wonderful place to raise a family yeah yeah uh, I know we moved we moved away for a for like three years because my wife and I couldn't afford a house in Perrysburg yet so we moved to Toledo for about three years and with the intention, we're like, well, we know when we have kids and they're old enough to go to kindergarten, we're we back here. And, and that's what happened. And uh, like I said, it's it's awesome here. And and I like that my, my kids are getting involved. It was so cool. This past football season was the first season that Mateo could be on a sideline for varsity football games to help. Uh, he still gets too involved in the game and doesn't quite do his job sometimes. But <laughs> but but we always have pep talks at the end of the game. Like, all right, well, you're the water boy. You you all four of you can't be down by the goalposts. Like some of you have to be where the kids need water, you know. So it's <laughs> and I, I try to tell my wife, I'm like, I don't want to like yell at him because he's my kid. But but um, that's also a job that they they're responsible for. And so so I always talk to him before the game. And then after the game, we me and the, the water boys come together and be like, all right, here's what happened. Here's what we got to do better next time and, <laughs> and go from there. But, but it was, it was cool that for him to be out there and with his little buddies and stuff. So it's, it's now that uh, they're getting older and the family's being more involved and stuff. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are memories he'll always remember and, and really appreciate. He'll always remember being on the sidelines when he was a little kid at Friday night football under the lights. I mean, that's such an exciting place to be. Yeah, yeah. We we just went to uh, the a varsity baseball game. They had a doubleheader on Saturday, and hmm. we, we I took him to the first game. Um, and I was up by the fence, right by the dugout, talking to players and talking to Coach Hall and Coach Stein. And the uh, they were winning seven nothing in the bottom of the sixth. The bases were loaded, and Connor was up. And I told Mateo, I said, "Hey, come up to the fence." He's like, "What?" I go, "When Connor knocks all three of these runs in, the game's going to be over, and I want want you to see it." First pitch, grand slam out of the park, home run. Oh, wow. It, uh, <laughs> I, I was just talking to Connor, too, right before his at-bat, because uh, he, he hit a double the previous at-bat, and the kid hung a curveball, and uh, and that's exactly what happened the, the first time, just slow batting practice ball and smoked. And I, I looked at Mateo. He just started laughing. <laughs> but it was fun. It, like he, he probably looked at me like, how would you know that that was going to happen? Right. <laughs> Yeah, with Connor, it's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a special kid, not only on the field and off the field, but yeah, when you watch him play his sports, oh my goodness, he's he's an amazing athlete for sure. Yeah. Are, are you still, uh, do you still do anything with baseball? Because I know for a while you're in the press box. Right, yeah, yeah, I was helping out with that. Um, no, I've kind of, this year, so when, my, when Noah, 
I stopped coaching track in 2012. Okay. And Noah got involved. One of the main reasons I stopped was he got involved in travel baseball. Hmm. So I went to follow him so I could see him play because yep. the seasons were the same time. And so I stopped track after how many, I don't know how many years, 16 years, 18 years, whatever it was, started coaching baseball and did that until he got to high school. And then it just kind of helped behind the scenes. So for yeah, two or three years, just kind of did some of those things, you know, okay. helped the parent groups a little bit, um, was in the press box, playing the music, announcing, doing the scoreboard, whatever they needed me to do. And it was a lot of fun. And, and I'll tell you, that's the baseball seasons, you know, from track spring sports, that's the place to be. It's warm and it's dry. So, <laughs> so the press box was a great yes. place to be. Yeah. So I never minded volunteering to be in there. And you always had a great seat. Uh, this year, I decided uh, to, you know, not do that and let okay. some other dads kind of come in and do that. And then we've just been trying to get to any of the Baldwin-Wallace games we can get to uh, whenever we get a moment. So yeah, yeah we over at the spring. Oh, sure. Yeah. We, yeah. Mateo and I popped in the press box because uh, Ryan Thompson's dad was up there. So we were talking to him and he said the same thing. He goes, when it's cold, we got a heater. And when it's hot, we're in the shade. He goes, and then he's like, when it's cold, we got a lot more people that want to try to be in here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> especially when it rains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but th that, uh, that field is nice. I've never been out. I haven't seen the turf yet and it's amazing. Yeah. They did a great job. Yeah. I asked and Connor, my, my I son was mad as a year too late. Oh but... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, they, they did a phenomenal job. It's yeah. really, really nice. I, and we were out over Easter weekend. We caught a game out there. Uh, Noah came home and wanted to visit some of the guys and the coaches and um, got a chance to walk out there a little bit between games. And they did a great job. It's a phenomenal facility for sure. With the when you're when Noah was growing up playing baseball, did you was there ever a time, I don't, obviously not when he was little, but maybe in high school that thought like, oh, I think, I think you could play college baseball. Or was that just something towards the end? Like this is happening and I didn't even fathom it really. You know, the, the coaches that he worked with when he was younger, um, I'd say around eighth grade or so. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's when I knew you sure. college baseball, but, but he started to get the passion as we talked about okay. earlier, some of these things that, that just make you connect with the game of baseball. Um, he started to really develop a strong passion for the game and wanted to work at it. And he just became one of those kids that was always asking me, Hey, can we go out to the cages? Mm -hmm. Can you get me some grounders? And we just kept doing these things and he just loved it. Um, so I just knew the passion was there. So that part was, was going to be there. Um, so then in high school, you know, as he continued to develop, he came in as a freshman and was, was looking pretty good. A lot of the varsity kids were talking about him the freshman year at tryouts and things. And, um, you know, had a pretty good year. It was, unfortunately was shortened with COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah. And then he would play for a team out of Columbus in the summertime. And that was more for recruiting purposes. And uh, he would do that. And, and that's where colleges found him. And, but yeah, his, um, his ability, I would say probably, by the end of his sophomore year and then his junior year got canceled due to COVID. Um, but during that junior year, between junior and senior year, that summer, you know, that was kind of a breakout summer for him when COVID mm -hmm. relaxed just enough to be able to play summer ball. He got out there and, and started doing his thing and school started finding him and calling him. And so senior year was busy with a handful of visits and that was nice. And it's working out really well for him. He's happy. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Do you, as his dad, do you, did you find it uh, difficult to just let him 
let him decide like like because i feel like it's such a big decision um and i would imagine as much as i know you and i i feel like how i would do like it'd be hard for me just like well what do you want to do like if but it's such a huge thing like let me kind of tell you what, what i think you should do right but but like yeah. where were you at in that scale of of letting go i guess yeah it's hard it really is um in the in the changes he went through in the process i mean prior prior to covid or all that he started to have some division 1 division 2 schools talking to him and he went to prospect camps and then covid hit in his whole class they just stopped they yeah. stopped recruiting that class and told us we'll pick people up in the transfer portal later on to make up for that loss so now all of a sudden he's looking at d3 schools and things like that and honestly it worked out great um, I was always worried that if he went to a D1 or a bigger D2 or something, he might not play. He might not be happy. And if he's not playing, he's going to lose his love and, and that, that ability to you know, work hard at it. So he, he found the right fit um, where he's, he's coming into a, a really, really good D3 program. Uh, they were up to number eight a few weeks ago in oh, the wow. nation. And um, so trying to find his fit there and, uh, so, but it was that finding that right fit for the education. Mm -hmm. He wants to go into business, so he's in marketing and then baseball and the good relationships with the coaches and the teammates and things like that. So it was hard. We went to a lot of schools. We started with some of the bigger schools and then kind of realized that plan wasn't going to happen. So we started to go to smaller schools. And the only thing I did tell him that I really recall that maybe, I don't know if it overstepped my boundaries or not, but I said, if I could do it all over again, I think I would want to go to a smaller school mm. and, and be a name and not a number um, in the classroom and, and have these internship op opportunities and things like that. I just think sometimes when you get that more personal education, it's a better education for you. And that's what drew him. He really came down to Wittenberg and Baldwin Wallace in the end. And he just felt maybe because my family's in Cleveland, there's a connection there. Um, but just the opportunities for internships and potential jobs after college and having a bigger city like Cleveland and the alumni network that's there. Um, so for him, it was still a big chunk of education, which made me happy Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was thinking along those terms and not just baseball. Um, but he also felt like he's got a guy at shortstop right now. That's an all American that took his COVID year and stayed. And so Noah didn't get a chance to just walk right into the shortstop. Uh, position. He's got a, fight for it and he wanted that um so that's okay you know he kind of yeah. sacrificed his freshman year he's playing a little bit um but you know he's playing a little second and third and whatever um but he wanted that challenge to earn the spot and not just be given it you know as a freshman and just stay there he wanted to earn it and that's just kind of his mentality which i'm, I'm proud of him for that i think that's a good uh a good point when you said if i would have done it all over again i went to a smaller school because i I read out of high school, I went to BG and, and I wasn't ready for school and they politely asked me to leave and I could return later. Um, and then I, I went to Owens and the same thing. Like I just, I wasn't ready for school. And if I were to do it again, I wouldn't have gone to, to college right away. Cause I just, I think I was sure I was an adult technically, but I just wasn't uh, prepared to work by my, like do all the work myself in high school. It was kind of like, Hey, Lorenzo, I'll give you one more day to turn this late assignment in or whatever, you know, and, and there's some leeway there, but in college, there wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. And so I would, I think I would have worked or, or done something else um, besides school. Um, 
And then, but once I went to Owens and I realized like, Oh, this is cool. Small classes here. Um, it's kind of, for me, it was like a high school environment where they're, they know your name. They're really invested in you. They help you get jobs. They, you know, that all these things that they're helping you do. So hopefully, you know, it, hopefully it turns out well for, for the kids we're trying to help. And it did for me, like I really got, got in with this program and I still talk to his name's uh, Chris Foley, the head of that, the landscape of turf grass management. You know, I still talk to him and, and every once in a while, but it was such a cool thing. And I wish I would like realize that like when I'm done with high school, this is what I want to do, but there's, there's yeah. not a lot of kids that, that know exactly what they think they do. And, and it changes a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that recently. I just feel like uh, career exploration is something we can probably do more of Yeah, um, to help kids kind of find the, that niche and what their interests are and things like that. Um, and and I, just, I think that's why 70% of the kids in college or whatever that stat is uh, will change their major. It's just so normal for them. And I get it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many opportunities uh, for sure. My, my favorite thing is when, when employers put jobs out, when it says um, two-year degree or bachelor's degree or equivalent work experience, because I think that's super important too, um, to, because you, you, you lose a bunch of people that didn't do that, but maybe have worked in the field for 10 years, but you want this piece of paper that says I did it. And I understand that part of it, but I think it opens it up so much more to m- many more people that prob- probably could benefit your, your company or whatever. You know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, I, uh, it's been an hour. Uh, I mean, I try, I try to keep it there for busy people. Uh, you probably got some science things to do. So, uh, I don't want to keep, <laughs> keep from that. Um, but I, I do, I do appreciate you coming on. We've, we've known each other for a while and, and I do have, uh, fond memories of, of being a student of yours. Uh, being involved in track and student council. And as I, as we talked more, I go, man, I was, I was with you a lot (laughs) throughout high school, you know, we, you know, with classes and the activities and stuff. So uh, I appreciate everything you've done for me and, um, and uh, everything you do for the school, because you're, you're a big, a big uh, person in the school, as far as being involved and being in everything. And when you, whenever you, you are done, whenever you're done retiring, we're going to, you're not going to be, be, we're not going to be able to replace you. And I know everyone feels that same way at Perrysburg, but I just want to let you know, like you were a big part of my life and you still are now. And, uh, when, like I said, whenever you're done, you're going to be missed. So. I appreciate that Lorenzo. And the feeling is mutual. Um, you know, yet, like you said, we've known each other a long time. I always love seeing you at the football games and, you know, seeing you came in and spoke to the uh, staff a few weeks ago. And I thought that was a really, really good talk that you had. Um, so I appreciate the same things you're doing, you know, you're, you're coaching these kids and doing so much for our district and for our community and, um, for the youth and, in our, and our Parisburg community. So thank you. And I really appreciate those means those words mean a lot because I really highly respect you. I did when you were in high school and, and I still do today, of course. And, um, so those words mean a lot. I appreciate it. Even when I was a knucklehead in high school, you got- absolutely (laughs) you were a good knucklehead (laughs) well well thanks again uh and uh have a good night and i'm I'm sure i'll see you around you bet thanks lorenzo thanks everybody for checking out this episode of the nerdball podcast please rate review and subscribe wherever you're hearing this on any of the podcatchers on youtube hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode we're kind of coming at you two times a week now audio and video 
Check us out on all the social medias. Just search the Nerdball Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're out there. Uh, Gmail is thenerdballpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, we'd be happy to get back to you. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.